You're listening to a Soulfire Productions podcast. Welcome to Wellness Realness, where we get very real about all things health and wellness, physical, mental, financial, and spiritual. I'm your host, Christina Rice, a nutritional therapy practitioner and energy healer turned holistic business coach for ambitious entrepreneurs. And I'm here to help you up-level every aspect of your life. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You can find an endless amount of content from me and join my online membership at christinaricewellness.com. And if you want exclusive behind the scenes content and my most unfiltered self, DM a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to Wellness Realness Crew on Instagram and request to follow my super secret account. You can also join the Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe Facebook group to hang out with other listeners in the crew. Get ready for some wellness realness. Today, I want to chat about intuitive eating. I get so many questions about intuitive eating and I've talked about intuitive eating many times on this show in different contexts, but something that I wanted to talk about today that I haven't chatted about before is why intuitive eating can work for health issues like hormonal imbalances, HPA axis dysfunction, digestive issues, and also for weight loss goals. The reason why I want to talk about why this can work is because I think some people think I'm just very anti-intuitive eating and that's not it at all. I think intuitive eating is amazing if you really can do it, but I think most people are too out of touch with their bodies to actually be able to do it successfully. And I think that there is a lot of chatter in the intuitive eating space that is really just justifying eating unhealthy foods and also shaming people who like to eat healthy food, which we all know I have a big problem with. I do not like when people do that. And I think that intuitive eating can get twisted in so many ways, just like everything else in the, in the health and nutrition space. And I talk a lot on the show about how I don't think intuitive eating is necessarily the right approach for certain people, especially people who have underlying health issues and maybe just aren't as in tune with their bodies and can't be as in tune with their bodies and their bodies are sending them conflicting, confusing signals. And in certain cases, following those signals might actually put you in a worse position. Say you have candida overgrowth and you are craving sugar like a mad woman. So you just keep eating cookies and cake and carbs and it's just feeding the overgrowth and you're feeling worse and worse. And that is, quote, listening to your body on some level because you're you're getting those messages sent to your brain that you want sugar and you just crave sugar all the time, but that is not serving you. It's just feeding, feeding the fungal overgrowth. Or people who have dieted for a long time and really just have no sense of hunger cues. They have really no true sense of when they are hungry and when they are full. Or if somebody has really dysregulated leptin and they just feel hungry all the time no matter how much they eat. There are many cases when intuitive eating just isn't the right path for somebody at that time because of some of these other underlying issues. But then there's also the camp in the 
nutrition and fitness space that's more targeted towards weight loss. And many people in this space argue that you you can't lose weight when you are eating intuitively because you need to track to make sure you're in a deficit and that this is why a lot of people don't get results. And it always comes back to following some type of rule and dialing in the diet and exercise and lifestyle. Yet there are plenty of people who actually switch over to an intuitive eating approach. Maybe they have been trying all the diets and rules and tracking and it hasn't been working and they switch over to intuitive eating and suddenly they reach all of their goals without trying. It's just effortless. And I think this is something that we might see in the space and it is such a sexy, enticing idea. Like, oh my God, I could just eat whatever I want, just listen to my body and everything's going to even itself out. Yet people then try this and it doesn't work for them because it doesn't work for everybody, but it does work for some people. And for the people who it doesn't work for, I think sometimes they just can't wrap their heads around how and why it can work. So I want to talk about how and why it it can work. These people aren't making it up. They're not imagining it. For some people, this is amazing. It's, It's amazing for people who actually can tune into their bodies, really are in touch with what their bodies need and know how to honor that versus what their logic or minds are telling them what they read in a magazine that's screwing with their heads or what some imbalance in their bodies is pushing them toward. But physiologically, why this can really work, first of all, is because for many people, tracking things, following rules, following a structure might be super stressful for them. There's a whole camp of people who actually find freedom in that and it simplifies their lives and it's actually a stress relief to kind of have just some structure to what they're eating and what they're doing. But for other people, that can feel super limiting and stress them out and just make them feel like they have to follow rules and trigger some perfectionist tendencies and make them feel like they have to be perfect and perfect doesn't exist. So we're already losing that battle. So then as soon as they finally get to just release the rules and tune into doing what they want, suddenly you have a huge drop in stress, huge drop in cortisol. And that alone is a main cause of digestive issues, hormonal imbalances, and that includes blood sugar regulation, your adrenal function, and your sex hormone production and function. And that's why we can see a lot of these these underlying issues go away as soon as we reduce the stress. And for some people, following the strict protocol is going to help, but for other people, that's just too stressful. And even if they're eating what the books tell us are the best diet for blood sugar regulation. If it's so stressful for them, it's not going to balance blood sugar. I can tell you that. And when we think about weight loss, that's one of the main reasons why people just can't lose weight. Their cortisol is too high. This is why meditation helps people lose weight. The more we can do in our daily lives to reduce our cortisol levels, the better off we are. And this is why so many people have that lower belly pooch that is related to cortisol, if your cortisol is really high. So for many people, when they switch over to intuitive eating, it's just like this ah, big relief to the body and the body can stop producing so much cortisol. It's not so stressed out. And that just helps the entire body 
get back into function again, all the systems. We can enter the parasympathetic state again, rest and digest, build, repair, and release any extra inflammation or weight that we don't need to hold on to, that we are holding on to just for survival, because that's what the body's thinking in terms of, right? If it thinks stressed out all the time, I don't know if, it, if I'm going to survive, is what your body's saying, even if you're not actually in a life or death situation. So as soon as your body realizes, oh, I have plenty of resources to survive, I'm safe, I'm healthy, it can stop holding on to extra body fat and it can allow you to get out of that sympathetic fight or flight state. But then from there, what I really wanted to talk about is I think that intuitive eating is accidental diet variation. And when people talk about what is the best diet, I personally think that diet variation is the best option. I think cycling everything is the best option. I wrote a blog post about this like a year ago, I think. What is the perfect macronutrient ratio? What is what is the ideal diet? And in my opinion, it is cycling your macronutrients, cycling your diet, cycling your caloric intake. And that doesn't have to be very systematic, but having days that are higher calorie, days that are lower calorie, days that are higher in carb, lower in carbs, higher in fat, lower in fat, higher in protein, lower in protein, having feast days, having famine days, incorporating periods of fasting, but also periods without. And I think this makes the most sense in terms of evolution, just how we're designed. There's no way, there's no way in nature we would have been eating the same exact thing on the same schedule every single day. Food was not always available to us like it is now. And I just think the more variation we can get in our diets, the better off we are because we are getting the benefits of all the different macronutrient ratios, right? There are benefits to being lower protein for a certain period of time. There are benefits of having high protein periods of time. There are benefits to both low and high carbohydrate diets when we're talking about whole foods. And there are benefits to periods of lower fat intake, higher fat intake, and reducing calories and also increasing calories. There are benefits to everything. So why not incorporate all of it into our way of eating? I think a lot of people get into trouble when they stick with one way of eating for far too long. It's like these people who see incredible results on keto and then suddenly, well, not suddenly, after a while, their hair is falling out and they have hormonal imbalances. Well, maybe you weren't supposed to be on keto for that long. Or people who start to fast, they incorporate fasting into their routines and suddenly they're getting all of these issues, all these hormonal imbalances because they took the fasting too far. Or people who go really high protein for a period of time and see great weight loss and other benefits. And then after a while, they have digestive issues and no amount of protein can make them satiated because they've sort of set their limits too high. Variation is just the best option, in my opinion, and also allows us to be metabolically flexible, which I think should be everybody's main goal to be able to use different sources of fuel, whether that be glucose or fats, pretty effortlessly and be able to switch between the two. And for our bodies to be able 
to handle switching macronutrient ratios. If you can only eat one particular way and if any time you veer off of that, you just feel like a total shit show, then there's some metabolic damage going on underneath the surface. This isn't really an attractive idea to many people though, because a lot of people really like labels. They like to put themselves in a box and once you label yourself, then suddenly you're not you're not cycling everything, you know, except some people now there are certain labels that sort of encompass this and this, you know, this isn't a new idea. The variation, the cycling is not a new idea. Many people have figured this out, but there's a good amount who have not. But I think this is where the Bulletproof diet has some merit with with the cycling. I really believe in that. People who practice carb cycling or even, you know, just targeted ketogenic approaches or cyclical ketogenic approaches. Dr. Pompa, I think, really does the best job of explaining a varied diet and kind of making it more systematic and tangible for people with the 5-1-1 diet. So essentially five days of ketogenic eating, one feast day, one famine day. But people have figured out that this this works. This prevents people from the downsides of staying in one type of eating approach for too long and incorporates enough variation so that you won't get stuck at a plateau. And I was reading some different things about diet variation the other day and I was thinking, this is why, this is exactly why so many people can get results with intuitive eating. And a lot of times they think it's it's just because the stress factor, but that might not even be it. It might not just be letting go is the answer. Maybe it is, right? But I think there's a component to the diet variation here because intuitive eating sort of has this built in. Because if you are really intuitively eating, you're going to have days that are higher calorie and days that are lower calorie. You're going to have days that are higher in carbs and days that are lower in carbs, days that are higher in protein and lower and protein and same with fats, higher and lower. It's just, it's gonna be a varied diet by nature. So you're not getting stuck in one nutritional protocol. So your body doesn't really hit a plateau with that necessarily. And I, I think that this might be part of the reason why some people do well on intuitive eating and others don't. I think that the people who see amazing results with intuitive eating might be practicing a more structured version of diet variation than they even realize, especially people who come from a place of having tried different diets and nutritional approaches in the past. Because when you do that, you often just tend to have days where you naturally eat lower carb and then days where it's higher carb, as opposed to people who kind of just eat all of the macronutrients every single day. But I was just thinking about this and I have some friends who really just intuitively eat every single day. And what that often looks like when they're in the health space is they have days that are high fat, moderate to high protein, low carb. And then they have days here and there that are just super high in carbs because that's all they want. And then they have days where they're not eating that much because they're just not that hungry. And then other days where they're just eating all the things because they're really hungry because they're listening to their bodies. That is cycling your macros, cycling your caloric intake, diet variation without even realizing it. And many of us 
do this naturally around our periods as well. When we feel extra hungry around our periods, if we're craving carbohydrates, that's a form of diet variation as well. And just truly listening to our bodies because our bodies want a little bit more food when it's time for our periods. Not that much, but maybe an extra 100 calories a day or so. And our bodies usually want more carbs. This is why it saddens me when people are following a low-carb approach or a carnivore approach and they get these cravings and they just totally ignore them just because they're on the diet. They want to stick to the diet, but you could actually probably get better results if you worked with your bodies. And our bodies are sending us those signals for a reason because they want they want those nutrients for some reason physiologically. And our bodies want the diet variation. They want a change up. So I think this explanation can also help if you are feeling sort of trapped in whatever you're doing, because I, I, I see this quite often. People are feeling a little trapped and they're really nervous to start trying to intuitively eat. And you're never going to learn how until you actually try and trust your body. And I think knowing this might help some people take take the step to try it out and see see what happens and realize that it's actually totally okay and totally great to vary your diet and cycle your macros and change up how many calories you're eating every day, undulate your calories. And it's a way of doing that without tracking it or even trying. And also if you have all this pressure on yourself to stick to one way of eating, hey, guess what? It can actually totally benefit your body to switch things up every once in a while. Our bodies are adaptation machines and they love change. So keep changing it up. And this doesn't mean you have to change it every single day of your life, but it's totally okay and actually ideal to not be eating the same exact thing every single day. It's not natural. Not natural. So that's why intuitive eating can work and maybe not the only reason, but I would say the reduction in stress, thinking about it so much, and also the built-in diet variation have a big impact on why some people get amazing results with intuitive eating. However, some people don't because they're just not ready to intuitively eat because again, this only works if you truly are able to listen to your body. And not everyone's there yet and that's not that's not a bad thing. You're not a bad person if you do or don't eat intuitively. Do what works for you. Understand that everything can work, just not for everyone at all times. We're always changing and it's it's great for your diet too as well. So I hope this mini sode clarified some things for you and gave you something new to think about in terms of intuitive eating and maybe gave you some confidence to try it out if you've been wanting to, or maybe if you don't want to, but you just want to somehow capture the magic that some people get from it, then maybe you can just add in some diet variation systematically. Some people really like structure and some people don't. So lean into what works for you. That's it for today's mini-sode. Hope you found it interesting. Don't forget to send in a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to my secret Instagram page, Wellness Realness Crew, so that you can get access to exclusive behind-the-scenes content. It's super juicy back there. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Make sure you post them in our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. I'll be looking forward to seeing you in there. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I will talk to you again next episode. Bye.